Hey guys, I got great news for you if you like fantasy sports like I like fantasy sports. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, plus two in case of emergency picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop bet has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. So, for example, will Steph Curry score over or under 25 points? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Guys, do me a favor. Enter promo code LAKERS upon sign-up to have your first deposit match $10 instantly, but it's a minimum $10 deposit. And you can find this on any of the app stores under Thrive Fantasy. How y'all gonna lose Kobe for LeBron? What? And Lonzo Ball? Nah, 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 nah. Step your game up, buddy. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. 24 Black Mamba, yeah, you know that we kill them. Any team stepping up, yeah, you know that we drill them. Roger Josh, Jason, really wanna know your opinion. Uh, welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Please don't come with that nonsense unless you talking that realness. And if you come with that bull, we let the world hear it. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. We really wanna know your opinion. We really wanna know your opinion. Uh-huh. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Right. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. That's right. We really wanna know your opinion. Right. We really wanna know your opinion. Uh uh-huh. please don't come with that nonsense. Please talk realness. For real. Don't talk none of that stuff that they talk about on Sports Center. None of that. Seriously. Talk that realness. For real. Please. Gonna let the world hear it. Welcome to the 16 and Counting Podcast, your official, unofficial Lakers podcast. This week we talk about preseason hoops, the week upcoming in the Lakers schedule. We interview Greg Bergman from ESPN LA 710. And we interview Hannah Kulik from LakersNation.com. We also talk about the passing of Tex Winter. Stay tuned. All right, guys. Welcome to the 16 and Counting Podcast. We're going to do a preseason recap right now of how the Lakers did and what we think is going to happen going forward. What do you think about it, Raj? Well, if I look at a statistics uh, standpoint, I mean, overall, B.I. was the man in preseason. I mean, 17 point for uh, points per game. It was 47% from the field. Uh, you know, what, I think he averaged about five rebounds a game. I mean, he's killing it. Overall, our young core um, is doing what they need to do. I mean, they're animals. What, what, what's your standpoint, bro? Yeah, man, they're finally all starting to step up. They're, the last two games they were really rounding into form. You know, that last game when LeBron and Rondo and – B.I. didn't play. Lonzo stepped up. Kuzma stepped up. Sfi stepped up. Who That was a nice thing to see. He hadn't played good all preseason. And I think he's going to end up getting some minutes down the line if he keeps shooting like he did that game. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lonzo, what, I think he only played uh, two preseason games. I mean, he's leading the team in, in steals and averaging right now just off of two off games. Off two games, yeah. I mean, off of two games. I mean, I have to kind of eat crow. I mean, on JaVale McGee, I mean, I said before the preseason started, you know, uh, based upon historically how uh, how that man played, he was a uh, garbage. And, uh, yeah, I'm wrong. Well, you know, I mean, it's so early, you know. I, I think it – because it, he's finally getting the minutes on this team, you know, like before – on the other teams, he would only play bench minutes or like last year on the Warriors, he'd start, but they'd take him out for the majority of the game and just play their small ball lineup. You know, with, with this team, he's going to be relied upon more to actually have to step up and do what, he, do what he's been doing throughout the whole preseason. Yeah, I mean, he seems pretty consistent. I mean, well, his numbers say he's pretty consistent. I mean, it's 63% from the field. Uh, what, he averaged a little over six rebounds a game. Um, got through in a couple blocks. I mean, I think maybe under two blocks a game. I mean, he is what we need him to be. I mean, I think you said it's, uh, he needs to give us his best. Um, who was that player you mentioned? Tyson Chandler. Yeah, yeah. yeah his best, best Tyson Chandler impersonation. I think he's doing that and then some at this yes. point. You know, at this so point. far, so good. I mean, all the, all the free agent pickups have done pretty good. Like even, even Lance, you know, when Lance gets in there, it's exciting. Like he's making things happen one way or another, where he's, whether he's getting kicked out of a game for quote, an altercation, which was pretty weak, but you know, like he's, he's that tough, rugged player that we haven't had in a long time. probably since what, like Ron Artest. Yeah. I mean, I could say, I mean, metal world peace. I mean, I yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, Lance Stevenson, I mean, his shining light for me is, I mean, he can dish the ball, you know, and as long as he can not play that one-man game and he can go in there and facilitate that offense, uh, he should be good for what we need him to do. But that one-man and one game, that that's, uh, that's not going to work. Yeah, I think that as the season progresses, that LeBron and Rondo are really going to influence him to really – that ball move you know like because he's always he's never been on a team but guys that he's probably respected in that fashion you know I think the best player he ever played with was Paul George but he's not LeBron or a Rondo stature where he's won rings like those guys have won championships so he's going to be more apt to be like okay let me let me fall in line do what I'm supposed to do get the ball movement going because I know I'm going to get it back eventually and then I can do my thing yeah, definitely. I mean, it's – I hope he does something. I mean, it's – I don't know how much patience, and we know how, how limited his patience is. When I mean that, I mean LeBron's patience. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is is going to be, you know, with this core. I mean, Lance Stevenson, I mean, I, I just hope that he comes out and, and follows suit. I mean, I think the best player that has fallen, fallen in the suit and is actually drinking the Laker Kool-Aid is Rajon Rondo. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the interview that he had today? Yeah, I think what he says is this is the best organization he's ever been yeah. to. I mean, no shit. <laughs> Welcome to the Lakers, buddy. That's how we do it here. <laughs> I mean, are you serious? I mean, come on, bro. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect less. I mean, but I mean, we haven't. I mean, right now we just talk about practice, and you already love us this much. Exactly. You know I mean? Like, and he said today that um, this is the first team he's been on where they had twelve guys all watching film. He said over the last 
three or four teams that he's been on, he can't add up 12 guys to watch film. And we have, we got the whole team. You know, I think all these young guys are just so eager to play with LeBron that they're just like puppy dogs for him. They're just going to do whatever he says because they know that clearly that's the way, like, you know, he's one of the best of all time for a particular reason. And they're just, they're, they're all just eating it up. Then some of these, some of these younger core players, also did have the, the courtesy and privilege of playing with Kobe. You know, and that, that was Kobe's thing, you know. He'd watch footage, he'd be in the gym. I mean, he was he was an assassin, you know. So some of that, I'm sure, ran off with, you know, rubbed off on it then as well. And, of course, having LeBron in there, I mean, they have to be better. We have no choice. Yeah, they uh, they got to step up. That's for sure. I mean, they've shown, they've shown it so far in the preseason. I mean, the numbers say it. I mean, hell, we beat Golden State twice. We swept them. Yep. I mean, the proof's in the pudding for me at this point. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that. You know, we're going to the, you know, we're, we're gonna, you know, win, win the whole thing. We're gonna be NBA champions. No, but you know, we'll definitely, you know, no, I mean, we'll win our conference. Yeah, we'll compete. We'll compete for sure. You know. So they got two games this week. They open up on Thursday against Portland. And then their home opener Saturday against Houston. How do you see that Portland game going with their owner just passing away today? You think they're going to have a little extra in their tank to play extra hard against the Lakers more than they normally do? I mean, I definitely could see that happening. Um, but I also don't think that there's much right now besides the Lakers themselves that can stifle their ability to win games. You know, so as long as the Lakers come out, and do what they've been practicing to do and the team shows up and we actually get the first real showing of these guys, you know, I'm excited. And do I think that the Lakers are going to beat Portland? Yes, I do. Yeah. It, it, it could go either way. Right. Cause either they could be really emotional, not that players are really close with the owners, but I think Paul Allen was a, like a pretty player friendly owner. So they could either be overly emotional to where they're, they're thinking about it too much or they can like rally and play for him. But as much as Portland hates LA, like LA doesn't think about Portland like that. You know what I mean? Like all the people in Portland just love to hate the Lakers. All the people in LA could really care less about Portland. So it's, it, it's really important for them where it's just, it's just like, yeah, it's another game, right? No, I mean, for the most part, I mean, that's how, that's how, what ninety percent of the league views us exactly, exactly <laughs> right. We are their like we are their NBA championship game. Yeah, I mean, and that's just I mean whether we're winning or losing, people love to hate the Lakers, especially this year. You know, and it's you have all the the bandwagoners that you know. I've had a couple fans come by me that you know I've had them fill out our bandwagoner form. <laughs> you know, and it's just like where were you last year? Where were you the past three years? They were Warriors fans yeah. before. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were Clipper fans. You know they. Yeah, they were Clippers they fans had... turned Warrior fans. Oh, we got LeBron. We who? You just you still got your Golden State shirt on? What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm still I'm still confused. You know, but I mean, then they claim that you know, well, I'm local. This is well, I've always been my team, mm-hmm. through good or bad. You know, Laker fan right here. Yeah, you know? exactly. When... Bonus losing. I'm still a Lakers fan. Yeah, you know? exactly. So ask, ask me about another uh, NBA team. I could care less. Let's talk about the Lakers. You know? I could care less. Hey. About 
So Saturday night, home opener, Staples Center, first time LeBron plays in the regular season, and they put him against the Rockets. Chris Paul, Carmelo, James Harden, that whole squad's coming in to face us for our home opener. How do you see that one going? Uh, Houston stripped defensively with no Trevor Ariza. Um, Carmelo Anthony not really playing much defense. Again, I told you I'm a Lakers fan, not an NBA fan. Um, exactly. You know, I, I don't think that uh, the Rockets are the same Rockets of, as of last year. I think they're a good team, but but not the same team. I, I mean, that game might be 140-137. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the pace is going to be so so crazy that game for sure. Well, that's going to be the one thing that's going to be awesome for us this this season. Is I mean, how fast are we getting the ball up the court? I mean, before the twenty second mark. I mean, so four seconds we're up the court, and we're we're already in our play, and that's how exactly how Houston plays. Yeah, it's so, it's that that night is going to be a fun night to watch for sure because I think the Lakers were second in pace during the preseason, and they they averaged like one hundred and ten possessions per game. And Houston was right there. So it's going to be up and down the whole time, I would imagine. And I think think LeBron might have a little extra juice for that game playing against his two two banana boat boys with uh, Carmelo and Chris Paul. (laughs) I mean, they they do have a history, you you know I mean? So I, I think that, you know, that gamesmanship, will come out, you know. I mean, because they're, they're boys outside of the league. So, I mean, why wouldn't they want to uh, you know, one-up one another? Like, you know, L.A. Bronze newly found team. Um, yeah, I expect good things. Mind you, I hope I'm not wrong, but I'm always going to win. 82-0, baby. <laughs> yeah, Lakers versus 94-95. Uh, For sure, Lakers. especially this team. So you know, Michael Jordan Space Jam team, Mon- the Lakers. Monsters are Lakers, Lakers, yeah, right. Come on now, like, are you serious? You're stupid. So is I this LeBron's best supporting cast that he's had in three to four years, even over the last NBA Finals runs? Potentially. Ooh, good question. Potentially, yes. Better question. Potentially, yes. Potentially, yes. Because of the dynamic of all of these young players of what they all bring to the team. Um, I mean, LeBron, he, he's got so many different people that can literally do damn near anything on the court and at a, you know, sufficient level. And then you mix in a couple, you know, old school vets, you know, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. 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 yeah, Definitely. I mean, no, I, me I can't. I mean, just just the overall talent level. Like his best team, he had Kyrie and Kevin Love. And that was about it. This, this team, like <laughs> you got Rondo, you got Kuzma, Lonzo, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, who's playing like an All Star right now. You know, it's just they're nine or ten deep. They can just bring a new wave of players in as their second unit and not even fall off. Yeah, Javel McGee. Javel McGee. Yeah. I, I, know, mean, right? I never thought I'd be saying that. I mean, yeah, I'm excited about Javel McGee, and I'm not even making fun of the fanny pack. You know, like I'm seriously excited. Did you already order your fanny pack? Uh, they're, they're, 
Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't want to say anything. You know, mention that off the cast. But yeah, it's on its way. It's on its way. Don't worry, I got you an extra small. Oh shit! <laughs> so realistically, Jay, let me ask. Let me ask you, bro. What do you think is going to be our? Who is going to be our toughest opposition? And please don't tell me Golden State. Give me somebody that. Give me somebody generic that not. You know, who, you know who's going to give us a hard time. I, I see OKC giving us a hard time. Shut up, really? How? I mean, Westbrook's an absolute monster, right? Like, no one, mm-hmm. our point guards can't handle Westbrook. No matter, no, nobody can. Nobody can. And then they, they have yeah. uh, Steven Adams in the post. And him and JaVel McGee, that's going to be an interesting dynamic there. But Steven Adams is just like that dirty, raw player who just will elbow you in the face and not, not care about it, you know, because he's from. New Zealand, and, and put yeah. up a three, and then you got Paul George, who's he's going to be out to prove something. Why he decided to stay in OKC rather than coming to the Lakers, I, I think that's going to be just a not necessarily a, a nightmare matchup problem. Just a from the sense of both Westbrook and Paul George are both LA guys, so every time they come here, they're going to play a little harder than they normally do, just because they're in front of all their hometown fans. Okay. All right. Now let me now. Okay. Now let me combat this. All right. So well, let's let's talk about it. How was it? I was I was very you know agree uh, uh, egregious. Looking for the right word in the beginning. So Russell Westbrook. All right. So we don't stop him. We contain him. Who do we contain him with? Lonzo Ball. That's a tough. Kyle that's Kyle. a tough chore for anybody, especially. That is a tough chore. Who else on the Lakers could do it? I don't even know that we have somebody to be honest. Like he, that that dude just plays at a different a different pace. No, we're not stopping him. We're slowing him down. We're slowing him down. Josh I mean, Hart. I guess we're gonna have to throw different looks at him the whole night, right? Like because because yeah. if, if you give him the not one yeah, if, if you give him the same guy over and over, he's just gonna pick eventually pick them apart. He's gonna find the weakness. Mind you, it is it is a two person job. Oh, it, it's a it so it's a five person job. I mean, let's keep it real. Well, no. Well, no, they have, again, because you got Paul George is waiting there doing what he's going to do over anybody at any point in time. And you got Steve Adams that can literally just, if he's in the corner, he's going to shoot the three. If he's down low, he's going to dunk it on True. So, I True. Mean, I mean, they have, they, have an, they, have a, they have a technically big trio. You know, so, again, it's, it's a two-person job because we, we ain't going to stop him. No. But we're gonna slow. We're gonna slow. Pardon my language, people. We're gonna slow this motherfucker down. That that, that would be the plan. Yeah, Lonzo Ball. You know he's gonna have to stop. I mean, because again, Russ runs just like we run. He's up the court. Yeah, you know and and I I, I could see but Lonzo you, giving him some trouble, just because he's like four or five inches taller than him. The you know, so he doesn't have to, he uh-huh. doesn't have to necessarily play right up on him because he's got that long wingspan where he can play a little bit off. You can throw you can throw a little bi on there six nine seven three wingspan, mix it in with some tough raw hard defender like Josh Hart. Shoot, I would even throw some Lance on him just to piss him off to so see we can get him thrown out the game. You know? Oh, see there it is. See my guy. That's what I, that, that okay. That's that's my point. So okay, so we've already figured out Russell Westbrook. All right, we figured out Russell Westbrook. Moving on. Steven Adams. Do you think he's going to go off every single game? You know, he he's like that cleaner around the rim, right? Like he gets all those little easy rebounds. Yeah. Now that's going to be up. It, 
JaVale McGee's got to stay out of foul trouble because once he goes to the bench, Kyle Kuzma trying to play that five against Steven Adams is just like me me against my son in the post. It, it, it ain't, it ain't going to work out too well for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, so there's gonna be there's gonna be three to five minutes where where they're where they're gonna go off, where he's gonna go off. Okay, but if we can contain him, you know, the other sixty to seventy percent of the time, I'm not worried about him. All right, so you throw. Oh man, I mean, we got Javel. I mean, we got six fouls with Zubac, Zubac. Yeah, so he Zubac. can just go and. Use his fouls and send him to the free throw line, really, and that, that's my see point. what happens. Yeah. And then, and then there's Paul George. Now, I think LeBron can pretty much lock that down between him and Brandon Ingram. Yeah, it, it, you know, yeah. it's it's you know, it's just it's it's a Styles matchup. That that's it's just one of those things. And I mean, Golden State's obviously the easy answer. They got five All Stars. Houston's like, you know, that's an easy answer because they got. Two all stars, plus Carmelo. But I, like I, I don't know. Like the the more and more I'm thinking about it, like I think the Lakers could finish second or third. That's that's okay. So listen, listen. We just went through four guys right now in the Lakers. So we have their people covered, but that still leaves Rajon Rondo. Yeah. So let's say that there, there's some impeccable defense going on. And Rajon Rondo's slippery little ass is sneaking out towards a ball gets tossed up to him, yada yada yada. I mean, there's there's so many. I, I don't. Okay, I only think our problem as far as any real big team goes. All right, I hate to say this. The Pelicans. Yeah, but they're not gonna. I don't. I mean, they got Anthony Davis, but. And they got Julius Randle, who's going to have to prove something against the Lakers every time he plays them now. But I don't, I don't foresee seeing them in the playoffs. I think. No, I think they could be problems with uh, problems for. Oh, like in the regular season? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe just because they got the and messed up our record. Yeah, well, see, the, you know what worried me a little bit about the preseason was that we finished second to last in rebounding, which, mm-hmm. you know, mind you. Lonzo came back for the last two games, didn't play the whole game. LeBron only played the first half of all the games he played in. He never played in the second half. So those stats are a little skewed as far as to who's really going to be out there when it's go time, when the lights, when the lights are bright. So, but if, if we don't pick up our rebounding, it's going to be hard for us to get out and run like we want to run. Dan, with our best rebounder, I mean, in the preseason, only averaging six rebounds a game. I mean. Now, mind you, yeah, like, all, all this is in limited minutes, right? So we have to, like, it's it's hard to take the preseason numbers and be like, oh, man, like, they're going to suck at rebounding or they're going to lead the league in this or, you know, finish last in the league in that because half the time you got G-leaguers in there finishing the game out. So, you know, those guys will be in, be in the South Bay Lakers and – We'll have a real team out there with our regular rotation. Yeah, but with only with not having any of these people, you know, a majority of this team suited up in purple and gold, five players. You know, that's how we can really gauge any of this off, any of this, any of this off of. Yeah, shoulda, woulda, coulda's, and then some statistical data, which we have a little bit of statistical data. You know, it, it's, is, is it is it the Bible? No, no, 
No, I mean stats. Stats are stats, but you know you gotta. There's got to be some eye eye test going out there too. You can't just rely strictly heavily on the numbers. Yeah. So you think they're going to go two and zero Thursday and Saturday, realistically? Realistically, I think they go one and one. So if they go, let's say the worst possible scenario happens and they go zero and two, do are there starting to be like murmurs about Luke? Luke on the hot seat at that point? No, no, it's too early. No. Too early, way too. I early. mean, I mean, even though they fired, even early. though they fired Mike Brown after five games a couple years ago. Dude, we're talking Luke Walton. All right. I'm just giving you the contrarian point because you know I, I I love Luke. I love the way he plays. Love the way he coaches. Everything I hear out of all the players is that he's a player's coach and everyone loves to play for him. You know, and it just. The, I just think some of the fans, some of the crazy fans, are going to be like, "Oh, get him out of there! We're zero and two. What's he doing? You think he doesn't know how to coach LeBron? You know, those people are going to be coming out of the woodworks if we're zero and two. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people. I mean, hell, if we lose one game, but again, Luke has that undeniable ability to. I don't want to say it's the wrong way, but I'm going to say it the way it's coming to my head. He's got the undeniable undeniable ability to make people believe that he's got it all under control. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because he's so and laid back. That said that buys him time. Yeah. That buys him time. So they start off, no, don't worry about it. Chill, chill. Do I think Luke's the best coach out there? No. But do I think that his his ability to make these players come together and play as a team – Um. Do I believe he's got that ability and he makes it work? Yeah. He exploits the shit out of that. That's his that's for me, that's his best talent. Yeah, that's true. Like everything you know, everything they talk about is teamwork. Like their their shirts, they have like five words on a shirt and the eye is taken out of each word because it, cause it's about the team. So he, he told them from jump, like, look, it's not about one individual player. It's about us. Because they have those potential problems with Lance and with Beasley who are, you know, they've played one-on-one players the whole career. So I think that's more of a message to those guys like, hey, get on board or like, we don't need you here. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at the Lakers overall, like our history, and I just thought about this right now, so I'm sorry to cut you off. But I mean, if you look at the Lakers as a as a whole, right, like overall, we all be, we've always had players that are good players, right? That on our team, they're phenomenal. You know, paired with another player, you know, they're they're awesome. But I, I don't want to speak, you know, bad about Derek Fisher. But when he left the Lakers, eh, you know. Yeah, it's you true. Know. He, he fell off. He went to Utah and fell off. And then he went to Golden State for like a year. And he's like, I got to get back to L.A. This is ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> was Rick Fox, I mean, not that he went, I mean, was he? Would you think about building a championship team with Rick Fox? No, no, I definitely mean, not. Luke Walton, when he played, I mean, these, these are not Who, championship he, caliber they, people. But on now the they're Lakers, they were like yeah they, they were like are. the perfect role players yeah exactly. You know and that's something that the Lakers have always that that that's ingrained in our history is yeah we'll have a we we'll, we'll have some superstars we we'll, we may have one or two superstars. 
but the rest of the team follows suit. That's yeah, the, that's, that's the, the buses. That's the way it's been. You know, that's the buses. You know. Well, it's gonna it's gonna make for an exciting week. I'm so glad to get the regular season started, and I'm really looking forward to it. I, I just it's it feels like it's been a long time since we have had this much excitement going into a season where we feel like we actually have a chance to do something special. I feel like we got a chance every year, but this this year I actually myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone's record zero zero at some point, and then the regular season starts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel great. I feel great. Then I'm like, shit. All right. There it is again. Yeah, back in the lottery. <laughs> yeah, TBE, TBE. Hey, don't worry. Renee's the first pick. Yeah, so right. I'm worried about next season. Five years later, we get LeBron. I guess it all works out in the end. <laughs> I'm not complaining. All right, man. Well, it's going to be interesting. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it more as the season progresses. You know, this week we've got two games, and then next Sunday we'll see how our predictions went. Definitely, definitely. I don't want to give too much this week. Uh, I think we've given them enough. Plus, we got a couple of good hot interviews lined up that uh, we want to release as well and get this out to the public. So, I would say that uh, that's that's pretty much a wrap for me. Yeah, man. Well, I'm good. All right, brother. All right. Bye. All right. As mentioned in the opening, we got to speak with Greg Bergman from ESPN LA 710. He was gracious enough to grant us with about 15 minutes of his time. It was a great interview. Here you go. Our first guest of the day is ESPN LA Mason and Ireland executive producer. You may know him as Sausage Jeans, Poor Greg, Multi-Platform Greg, MPG. We're just going to call him Greg. Greg, how are you doing today? Good, guys. How's it going? They've changed it. The sausage cheese is gone, thankfully. So yeah, thankfully. <laughs> I got a question for you guys, real fast. Yeah, so you guys have the the sixteen and counting podcast. What you named it? Now, what I'm wondering is, let's say, just play along with me for a second. Okay. Let's say that the Lakers win the the NBA championship this year. Are you going to change your name to seventeen and counting? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. We still got to get to that point, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wondering. I mean, might as well. I'm, I'm, I should start saving the uh, old Twitter account now, just in case. <laughs> right there, you go. I just think we'll put and ones. Just yeah, keep the nostalgia. Yes, yeah. yeah, just and one plus <laughs> ones because I'm expecting a few. And counting. That, that sounds a little long. I don't know. <laughs> You've been watching the preseason, and Josh Hart has been standing out. Does that make KCP expendable at this point? What do you think? Uh, is, he, is he expendable? No. I mean, I think he's a guy that is still good uh, good defensively. You always need shooters. He's a good three-point shooter, so that's kind of why he's still there. And he has that Maverick Carter, you know, LeBron James clutch connection. So you, those, those guys are really going to stick around. But, I mean, anytime this is a league full of three-point shooting, and KCP can be a three point, a good three point shooter, and has some good defensive skills. So, I think that no, he, and off the bench, totally fine. I don't, I don't think he's expendable by any means. Uh, I just don't think we'll see him as much as maybe originally thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree one hundred and ten percent. I mean, KCP, I don't think he's going to go anywhere because we really do need some spot up three point shooters, and he's just going to come off off the ball, point up, and just get the ball and put it in the hole. That's kind of what we need with LeBron. 
Now, with having LeBron on our team, who's our number two guy? Who's our Scottie Pippen to this Michael Jordan? Oh, man. I don't know if there is that exact number two guy. I think they want... Actually, who would probably be is Brandon Ingram. I think Brandon is My turned guy. into a guy that is going to be just an absolute stud. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking about it with Mason and Ireland and a couple other people before. Of the, of the four young guys, really, you have... It's, it's we're trying to make an order for it, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So you have, for me, it's Brandon Ingram. Lonzo is number, my number two. Mm-hmm. And I think recently Josh Hart has jumped over Kyle Kuzma into that number three spot. And I have Kuzma in that four. So that's, I mean, that's maybe a little controversial. But um, from what I understand, from what I've been seeing from Kuzma, he's kind of just, he's forcing a little bit. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to do the same things that he did last year. And I think Josh Hart is shown to be more of a two-way player. Lonzo, when he's going to be back, and he's going to be um, playing tonight shortly. Yeah. Um, and what, yeah, what he's going to be able to do with, with the way that he's going to be able to run, the way he's going to be able to get guys out on transition, that's exactly what uh, uh, LeBron needs, and all these guys are all going to be running. So I think Kuzma kind of gets – hes not. that's not saying Kuzma's bad in any sense, or he's expendable or anything like that. I think he's great. But I think of the four young guys, the, the core four, I think that Kuzma's kind of fallen to the bottom of that list. Definitely. I've been arguing with Jay about that for the past, God, three months. I'm like, all right, B.I., B.I., he's getting his man body. That kid's going to be strong. I just I just see it. He's he's hungry. He's 6'9 with, a, what, a 7'3 wingspan? I mean, the kid can do dang near anything on the court at any given point in time effortlessly. I mean... So with, with with this being his third year in the league now, do you see Brandon Ingram being able to make that All Star leap into the Western Conference this year? I think anybody that plays with LeBron can be that guy that's going to make it as an All Star team. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy's going to be—he's going to have a huge, huge leap. I mean, he made a pretty big leap last year. Just yeah. ended up getting hurt. So now this year, I think with the, his length, his the way he's able to get to the rack. The way he's able to defend, there's so many great things about him. Um, the only thing, and they were talking about it on Mason Island today, was that you know he's 0 for five from three point range in the in the preseason. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's you know that's before this game tonight um, against Golden State. But you know, so it's is that going to be a factor for him? I mean, Demar Derozan basically made a career out of not being able to take a three point <laughs> shot. So I think. Um, Yes, he can absolutely be a guy that becomes an, uh, an all-star. He should become an all-star this year, barring any type of injury. He looks like he is going to be a stud. And Doris Burke was, was all over it early on, saying that that's the guy that you do not trade away Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we're seeing the fruits of that coming back because he's going to be a stud. Definitely, definitely. Now, seeing as we have all these young players, we have LeBron James. In my mind, there is no... Playoffs aren't even an issue. Where do you feel we will seat in this playoff seat with this strong West Coast, uh, you know, team we have? And the West, the West is uh, going to be very, very tough. It's going to depend on you know somebody has to fall out of the of that. You know, I mean, do you do you really see Portland? They were the three seed last year. Utah being four seed. I mean, they're. I don't think they're going to really drop too much. But mm-hmm. I think with the way that this young team is going to take a little bit of time for them to figure everything out but i think if all goes well they can be either the two or three seed in this in the west wow wow 
Wow. I was thinking five because I just don't want to, you know, be higher seed, you know, so we play Golden State first round. If we can make it to the second round, I think we can actually see some good stuff from the Lakers. I mean, you got to think. I mean, what do you, what do you think is the, the win total? I mean, 50 wins, 52 wins, and a 2 seed, but to make it to the Western Conference Finals is not out of the question. Making it to the finals may be, but making it to the Western Conference Finals and being a 2-3 seed, I don't think that's out of the question at all. My God. Yeah, that's true, because last year, between the 3 and the 8, everyone separated by less than 5 games. So, right. I mean, it, 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 it's really clumped, clumped up there, and... Yeah, I don't. The, the Warriors don't have the motivation to get home court necessarily. The Rockets do, and the Lakers do. That's why I think that they'll play hard throughout the entire season. Right, and the Rockets. I mean, you lost. They lost so much on the defensive end yeah. that they just you can't. I mean, I think they lost too much mm-hmm. defensively in adding a guy like Carmelo, who's just a no shooter defense. and nothing. And yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so now you're having Carmelo and James Harden, who both can't play defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris Paul, who's getting a little bit up there in age and happens to just get hurt every single time that it gets to a uh, Western Conference Finals or getting it already in the Western Conference semifinals. He the just playoffs. Constantly, yeah. yeah, the playoffs. He gets hurt in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, I just, that team, without the defensive uh, mindedness of, you know, like Trevor Ariza, that's a big loss. So they yeah. can easily drop down a little bit. Uh, Portland maybe played over a little bit over their head. Um Damian Lillard's amazing. McCollum's amazing. They have a good. They have a good team, but not three seed good. Uh, I just think that the Lakers, with anything with LeBron, whenever LeBron is on your team and healthy, you're going to be in that top tier. Exactly. You got a chance. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I mean, I'm going to hit you with a Ireland question right now. What uh, all to, right. <laughs> what has surprised you more than anything else in the preseason so far? Uh, surprised me the most. I, I think we talked about it a little bit. It was that Kyle Kuzma, I expected Kuzma to be just this all-time stud coming into the preseason. Um, to see him not look as good to me as I was remembered from last year, um, that's a little bit surprising to me. It just seems like he's forcing. And granted, yeah. it's just the preseason and it's not that big of a deal. Um, and he's maybe he's just trying to see what he can do. But he just hasn't seemed to be on sync as much as guys like Josh Hart and uh, you know, and, and B.I. and Rondo and JaVale McGee. And if you want another surprise, an offensive surprise, JaVale McGee has been just Thank an you. absolute yeah. wonder. I think that guy is going to be fantastic. You know, when we were at Media Day, he was the strongest dude I've ever met. <laughs> it was just it, all it was was just a, it was like his arm was a brick. It was crazy. <laughs> like even like LeBron was big and LeBron was strong, but JaVale was just like there was nothing to him but just muscle. I was like, Jesus my God. And fanny so packs. Come on, fanny packs. Yeah, and I fanny packs then. What was that? So, I said and fanny uh, packs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the but the thing about JaVale is the the one game that Rondo didn't play he he struggled from the field. Like he, he's really dependent on those on you know those point guards getting him the ball. Like he like he can't go get it himself. He has to right. go get it from someone else. Well, so I mean, nobody he, expected Javale to be you know Anthony Davis and bringing <laughs> the ball up the court. Right? It's Javale is a guy that is going to be somebody. You have, that's the greatness of having both Rondo. And Lonzo Ball, and another guy in LeBron, whose his passing abilities are 
out, off the charts. So, I mean, you have, so if you sit Lonzo and you have Rondo in, or you have Rondo and you sit Lonzo, or you sit Rondo and you sit and you bring in Lonzo, that he's going to be open and they're going to find him. They're, yeah. the way they pass and the way they, their court vision is going to be great for JaVale. So if he can play more than he did in, in Golden State, that's for sure. Exactly, yeah. That's what I was saying a couple of weeks ago on the podcast is that because he's in the situation with all these good passers, he's going to have so many more opportunities to score because he'll be playing more minutes. And no, I mean, no offense to anyone in Golden State, but they're not the they're not the passer that Rondo is. They're, they're not looking to, to throw the lob. They're looking to shoot the three. So right. that's you know that's a this is a completely different system now than as much as it's Golden State South because of Luke Walton. It's Luke, Luke has his own twist on it. It's not exactly a, a carbon copy. Absolutely, and I mean, what are you really expecting from Javale? You're expecting dunks, and you're expecting uh, defense, and that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the rest of it. If 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 he can just do his best, Tyson Chandler impersonation. That's all we got of him. <laughs> Exactly. If he's getting ten and ten, you know, you're like, okay, this is great, perfect. Yeah, it's just icing on the cake. Yep. So Lance Stevenson, good fit or not? Nah? I don't know. I mean, from what I've seen in the in the preseason, um, he just seems to be a guy that wants to play one on one, and that's just not the way that this team is built. Mm-hmm. I think him. You can say that Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley are both those guys. They're both yeah. the same in that they're one on one ball stoppers. I think Stevenson can be better. Um, he can be a guy that's going to help, you know, with a couple of passes here and there. It's more about their energy. It's more about their defense. And Stevenson can be a good defensive player. It's just I don't like seeing when he is that one-on-one player when that stops the, the flow of the offense. Exactly. So, I, so if he become if he can get away from that, then yes. Otherwise, I think he's going to start losing minutes to you know to, to Hart and to possibly even Svi at some point. <laughs> I want to see. Yeah, I, I I love to see Svi out there. Like he, that guy is just a lights out shooter, which is which you, you need. need. Yeah, well, especially on this team, you know, like we we have some playmakers, and if we can get that one guy in the corner or one guy open on the wing that can knock down the three consistently, like it'll open up the rest of the offense. Oh yeah, that quick shot. Just, I mean, especially with LeBron, just like, okay, I'm going to drive to the middle, and then he's standing over in the corner. Here you go. Here's a wide open three for you. You better hit, you know, forty percent of those. Just, just do the Kyle Corver. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, um, is there anything that uh, you want everyone to look out for you on, like the uh, Dodgers post game show that you do? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Dodgers post game show is on six different platforms. It's on after every single Dodgers game. I'll be doing one Friday night after game one of the NLCS. You can find it on uh, ESPN LA Periscope, Dodgers Nation Periscope, Dodgers Nation, uh, Facebook Live, official Dodgers Nation, Instagram Live, uh, Dodgers Nation TV on Twitch, and Dodgers Nation TV on YouTube. So six different platforms to find me. <laughs> That's why they call you multi-platform Greg now, right? <laughs> That's right, MPG. That's our guy. That's our guy. Greg, we okay, really appreciate your time tonight. This is uh, this is awesome for us as we're just getting our podcast started and I have a guy like you bless us with your time. This is huge, so I, I can't say enough, and I really appreciate it. Hey, happy to happy to be on with you guys. It was fun. I enjoy it, and uh, good luck. And make it hopefully it makes it nineteen and counting very soon. There yeah, it is. Right, yeah, yeah, I know. 
one more than the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you saw the picture that we posted that we were going to have two out of three people on our podcast this week between Greg Bergman, who you just heard, LeBron James, or Hannah Kulik from Lakers Nation. Well, we weren't able to nail down LeBron James, so we got a better guest. We got Hannah, and here is her interview that she granted us. All right, 16 and counting podcast fans. Today we have on a very special guest. She's a longtime LakerNation.com reporter. She has her own YouTube channel. She's a fitness model. She's on Twitter. She's on Instagram. Miss Hannah Kulik. Hannah, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Definitely. Thanks for coming on, Hannah. Who has stood out to you so far in the preseason? You know what? This is kind of an interesting you know, maybe pick. Um, obviously, Brandon Ingram has played great. LeBron, we don't even need to talk about it. Kuzma's done his thing, especially um, last night against the Warriors. But the player that I think I've been the most pleasantly surprised with is JaVale McGee. Because when the Lakers signed him, you know, I wasn't jumping, you know, out of my skin. I wasn't super, super excited. I thought, okay, yeah. this is signing. You know, I can see why the Lakers picked him. We need a center. But I wasn't, you know, crazy about I mean I wasn't freaking out about it or anything like that but you know these preseason games he's looked really really good especially obviously in the first couple games you know he really stood out but he looks like he's going to be hopefully if he's able to stay healthy you know pretty key piece to this team obviously the center position is kind of still a big question mark for the Lakers as we go into the season just because of JaVale McGee, we all know his health is a little bit kind of up in the air. And throughout his career, he's only really averaged playing about 10 to 15 minutes. But JaVale has been a player that, you know, I've been very impressed with. I've been very impressed with his speed. I think he's, you know, proven to be pretty fast. We've seen him run up and down the floor there. You know, I think he's been a great room protector, shot blocker. It's obviously been exciting to see Rondo and the other guys throw him up some lobs there. So I've been pleasantly surprised with JaVale McGee so far. Yeah, see, I was arguing with Jay before preseason started of course and I mean I think I'm quoted in saying that JaVale um sucked I mean literally everything you said I mean 10 minutes a game average you know 10 points not much here I mean I didn't see the production out of him so I'm like okay how's he really gonna fit with our team and really give us what we need and then I had to eat crow um because I mean I yeah I'm surprised I mean Besides the fanny packs, that dude's got a lot going on for him. So he, he's surprising me. Now, with that said, everybody always asks this question. I always ask everybody this question because it's the most important thing to me because I think this is the most important thing for the Lakers. Who is LeBron's number two at this point? Oh, well, I mean, I think that definitely goes to Brandon Ingram. Um, to start the season, I was thinking it was going to be Brandon Ingram and Pauk Kuzma are going to kind of be that. 2A, 2B. Um, I am a humongous Kyle Kuzma fan. I know everyone oh, yeah. knows me. <laughs> I am going to be the first to admit that, you know, he hasn't lived up to my expectations so far in the preseason. Obviously, I think a big part of that has to do with the fact that he's kind of playing that five position and he's not used to that. He's kind of, you know, been a little bit all over the place. But uh, definitely Brandon Ingram. And listen, I mean, I in order for the Lakers to truly be successful, it's going to take all of the members of our young core to really step up, but especially Brandon Ingram. He's going to have to have that leap into pretty much 
stardom, honestly. And, mm-hmm. You know, so far for this preseason, I've I've seen that. You know, we saw that incredible game against the Kings where he had 31 points. Yeah. Um, you know, last night against the Warriors, he had 26 points in 26 minutes. He had five rebounds. So, you know, I've been really impressed by what I've seen with Brad Ingram so far. I think he's definitely going into the season, definitely him. And then uh, next up, I think, would be Kyle Kuzma. Hopefully he's able to kind of get it together a little bit more. Um, but I, I have faith in Kuz. No, you and me so, both. Does it worry you that Kuzma hasn't really played up to his last year's potential yet? Well, it's not that it's maybe worried me as much. I mean, it's definitely a little bit concerning um, because, you know, all offseason, all we heard was he's been putting in three-a-day workouts and he's training with The Rock and he's training with Kobe. <laughs> and he looks so good. He looks just unstoppable, man. This guy's going to tear up this season. And then, you know, the preseason comes and he's been a little bit underwhelming. I will say, though, you know, the past couple of games he's played much better. Um, we actually saw last night against the Warriors, he had 22 points. So I was pretty proud of that, you know. And I think with Kuzma, just like I said, the biggest thing with him has just been the fact that he's been kind of playing out of position. And I know all summer he was, um, you know, practicing to be a small forward. So then to kind of yeah. go from, you know, expecting to play small forward to all of a sudden you're thrown in that center position, you're having to guard, you know, the biggest, toughest guy pretty much every night from the other team, that can definitely be draining. And, you know, mentally, you know, when you're not being able to get those stops on defense and you're kind of getting a little embarrassed that way, it can be a little bit mentally um, draining and stuff and maybe it is affecting his offense a little bit. But I hadn't seen him be as aggressive in the first few preseason games, which is what I was more alarmed with. Um, but these past couple of games, I think he has been a little bit more aggressive. So I look to see, you know, they play again tomorrow night against the Warriors. I look to see him, you know, continue to improve and into the regular season. I'm not too concerned about it yet. There it is. There it is. Playoff contention. Where realistically, I mean, I just saw this crazy thing. I don't know where I saw it. I think I saw it on World Star, where Offset bet 21 Savage that uh, Lakers going to the finals. Where do you think we really sit? I mean, there's a lot of people saying a lot of different things, but what do you think? You know, it's kind of hard right now to, I guess, give you a, a final answer on that just because I really need to see how this team kind of comes together. Obviously, right now, they're so new. You know, we only have like five players on the roster this season yeah. that were on the team last year. And there's such, you know, there's still such a big learning curve um, and so many adjustments that need to be made and stuff. But I think, listen, it's hard for me to doubt LeBron. Will we make the finals this year? I'm not 100% sure. It's definitely possible. Hey, if Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo have these incredible seasons, and LeBron obviously stays healthy, has an incredible season. Rondo stays healthy, has an incredible season. JaVale, everyone stays healthy and plays at their peak and has these great seasons. You just never know. You know, you never know how this season is going to play out. Um, right now, I definitely think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's pretty crazy for someone to say that LeBron's not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> um, I know that the West is extremely deep, extremely competitive, but if I had to take a guess, I would definitely think they're going to be somewhere in the top six. Um, there it is. I would. I, it's hard. I would like them to. I would normally have said, you know, top five, top four. But again, the West is just so deep, and there is going to be that adjustment period in the beginning of the season. Um, so I'm not 100 percent sure, but definitely making the playoffs, definitely top six seed. So with this being Brandon Ingram's third year, do you see him making that leap to the All Star level in the Western Conference? Oh, oh yeah, I think, uh, totally. I mean, I 100 percent see it. I've already seen it. You know, 
not even just within his game. Obviously, he's played very well this preseason, but I've seen it in the way he's handling himself. He's being more vocal on the floor. He's being more vocal, you know, on on the bench. And he's really, you know, emerged with so much confidence this season. And I think that was something that, you know, he's always been a little bit of, I don't know if I'm necessarily say shy and reserved, but he's definitely been, I guess, more reserved and quiet and um, a little bit kind of laid back than the other players and stuff. So when I saw him at media day, actually, he seemed very you know, vocal. He was very confident. I think he has a lot of confidence in himself, which I think is definitely going to help him. But I'm definitely expecting Brandon Ingram to make a huge leap this, leap this year and definitely be you know, the season where we see him hopefully become an all-star. Yeah, I've been telling Jay that I think he's getting his man body. He's coming into his game. I mean, he's 6'9", supposedly, uh, seven three foot wingspan. I mean, what more couldn't you want with that type of player on the court? And he's young. What, he's 23? I mean, that's a kid for me that's going to stay in the league for a long time, could come out and, and be the next KD. And we have him. <laughs> so, I mean, why not keep him? So if we had to, there's a lot of players coming up next season in the offseason that we can pick up three people I come into mind Jimmy Butler Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard if we had to choose one of these players who would you choose and who do you think would have the most immediate impact on our team this is an interesting question because again I'm going to kind of have to see what happens this season not only with our team but with all three of those guys you know I'm going to have to see how Kawhi comes back after missing last season. I'm going to have to see how Jimmy Butler plays and, you know, then Anthony Davis. If I had to say right now, I would probably say the player that I would be most likely or most excited about having and wanting to really go for is probably Anthony Davis, just because I think he would fit our team so well. Obviously, you know, we need a center. We're really kind of lacking in size that way, and him teaming up with LeBron would be something that's pretty darn exciting to see <laughs> and obviously you know he just signed with LeBron's agent so I feel like that that may be a little bit of a sign um but again I'm not going to be too picky I would like any of those players I'm not going to complain about any of those players but I think Anthony Davis would be my favorite pick I would also say I know that he wasn't mentioned in that list that you gave me but I would love to see Clay Thompson come to the Lakers I don't that know if that's my point I don't know if that's a possibility, but I just think he would fit in perfectly. He's that perfect wing player for LeBron. He just takes over for KCP next year. We only signed KCP for this year, so he just flies right up into KCP's spot. That perfect spot-up shooter for LeBron. I think that would be extremely exciting to see. I don't know if it's possible, but, you know, we can always always wish for it. Exactly. I mean, our Jordan-Pippen combination right there. Oh, my God. Exactly. (laughs) So with the emergence of Josh Hart so far in the preseason, do you see him getting into the starting lineup? You know, it's definitely, we already kind of saw it in the preseason. Josh Hart has been a player that has just kind of exploded. I mean, especially over this summer, but we saw him really start to play extremely well um, last season by the end of the season when he was getting some more consistent minutes. And then obviously we all know what happened in the summer league with him in the Lakers. I mean, he completely exploded. It was like a man playing against little boys out there. So um, I definitely think it's possible. You know, obviously KCP came out in these first few preseason games and just totally laid an egg. Yeah. Uh, so Josh Hart was, was put up in that starting position, and he played really great. I'm a huge Josh Hart fan. Um, obviously, I think he, he provides, you know, a lot of leadership to that team. He has that, you know, championship experience back in college. He went to, you know, he played in college for four years. He's a little bit more mature. Um, 
I think he's a very versatile player. I know the Lakers were kind of thinking of him, and a lot of people were calling him just this 3 and D guy, but I think yeah. he's definitely shown that he's much more than that. So I'm a big Josh Hart fan. I definitely think it's possible if he keeps playing at this rate or if he keeps playing you know, well and stuff, then that's definitely a possibility. But again, I think we're just going to have to see once the season starts, you know, which lineups kind of gel and work the best together. I agree. I agree. Now, I see all these young players on our team with the emergence of all these young players, including Kyle Kuzma, because that's Kyle Kuzma, I'm sorry, because that's who I'm going to talk about. So let's say this year, I don't expect anything less of him but to go off. He's going to have a phenomenal season. I'm, I, it's just, it's just going to happen. How are the Lakers going to keep him here next year? Because there's so many players on this team. I'm assuming his time's going to be slightly limited, and other teams may offer him more money. How do the Lakers keep him? I think Kuzma wants to be a Laker. You know, he knows at the end of the day there's nothing quite like being a Laker, especially being on a Laker team with LeBron James. I mean, that's <laughs> just like, that's just an offer that's stupid to pass up. I don't think Kuzma wants to go anywhere. Um, I think if Kuzma leaves, it's going to be due to the Lakers, which I would be very upset about. I don't think the Lakers <laughs> want him to leave at all um, as well. So, I don't, I don't see that being an issue, being a problem. I think Kuzma's a guy who, you know, he likes being a Laker. He likes kind of having to be this underdog and kind of fighting for minutes and stuff. I think that's his whole, that's been kind of what his entire career has been made of. And that's why he's kind of been so respected in this league from that guy who's really had to work his way from the bottom and this complete underdog now kind of turned superstar, you know. So I'm yeah. not worried about, about Kyle Kuzma wanting to leave the Lakers. I'm worried about, possibly them having to make a trade and him being included in that package. Mm-hmm. But I think Kuzma wants to be a Laker. Definitely. That being said, with the young core, how would you rank them in order of importance to the team? With Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and Lonzo Ball. Oh, wow. That's a hard question. <laughs> that's very hard. I don't even know if that's like possible to do that. But, I mean, I think – I think I gotta say Kyle. I mean, sorry, I gotta say Brandon Ingram first. There it is. Um, I just think you know he's obviously he has so much potential, and I feel like this is really gonna be the year that we're all gonna start to see it come together for him. Um, but, so I want to say him, and then I mean, can I let Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball be a tie? <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to pick one or the other. It's gotta be one, two, three, four. Oh lord! Oh lord! I mean, okay. Now, 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 not not overall skill. It's just important to this team right now. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> put oh, this is like breaking my heart, but I'm gonna maybe put Lonzo above Kyle Kuzma just Ouch. because. I, I know, I know. I love Kyle Kuzma. I would rather have Kuzma on the team, but I'm saying in terms of importance to this lineup or okay. this this squad right now that we have, I've got to probably go with Lonzo just because we all saw what happened these preseason games when Rondo was our only point guard and Alex Caruso was the backup. I mean, it was just a complete no oh, offense, but yeah. like disaster. So you know, having <laughs> having a player like Lonzo to be able to be on the floor, you know, with his playmaking skills. Um, his defense that he brings. I mean, he's a much better defender than a lot of people give him credit for. I've got to say, you know, it, it probably has to be Lonzo just because of this team. You know, we, we need we need a guy like that to help run our offense. But, I mean, Kyle Kuzma is obviously such an important part to this team. So I'm going to go Kyle Kuzma, then 
three, even though it kills me to say it. I'm being optimistic because <laughs> I'm not the biggest Lonzo fan, but I'm really hoping that Lonzo is able to stay healthy oh, and prove me, prove me right this season. But I guess i got to go Thank to Kyle Kuzma three. And then I'll do Josh Hart four. But, I mean, again, I really think that all four of those players are extremely important to the Lakers. So, I mean, when I'm doing these rankings, they are all so, so close. They're just oh, yeah, they're all close. They're off by like a tiny, tiny little like millicentimeter. I'm literally staring at my Kuzmania shirt right now in my closet. So it's 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 hard for me to put him anywhere below two. Also, but we do need a point guard on the team. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's funny that you say that, actually. I have my Kuzmania shirt, like, right here that I'm looking at. <laughs> he's, my, he's my favorite Laker, but I'm not a bandwagoner Kuzma fan. Like, I liked him back when he played in college. I mean, and I remember at the draft combine, and he completely killed it when the Lakers picked him in the draft, and everyone was freaking out because they wanted us to get Jordan Bell, and I said, and I tweeted it. People <laughs> still have that tweet, and I said, just let's talk about this a year from now. Like, relax. And everyone remembers that because I had faith in Kyle Kuzma. So I'm not like this bandwagoner Kuz fan. I saw something in him from, you know, the very first time when no one else believed in him. So I have, I can fight for him. I have the right to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say if LeBron takes us to three out of four championships over his career, let's say he only does four years of this, doesn't do anything more. Does he become the best the greatest Laker? Seriously? Ooh, that's a hard one. Because I'm mean, a Kobe fan. I mean, die hard. When LeBron came, I was like, eh, eh it's LeBron James. But, uh, yeah. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a diehard, I'm a diehard Kobe fan, too, man. I mean, he's been like my hero my entire life. And it's funny because he was actually like drafted the year I was born. So, I mean, I just <laughs> grew up idolizing him. And <laughs> him so, that's going to be pretty hard. I don't even know if I can answer that. It's going to have to really depend on... You're saying that it's like he wins three or four... Like if he wins the championship like starting this year? No, I'm saying if he, if three out of four. Oh, three out of four. Yeah. Um, It would have to depend on who the Lakers come to bring with him next season. I was going to say if he does it this year, then he might be because, <laughs> you know... That's going to be pretty crazy, but, um, God, I don't know if I can do it over Kobe, man. I just have so much respect for Kobe. I just think he's, like, one in a billion, and no uh -huh. one will ever be him in terms of his work ethic and his just that mama mentality. But, I mean, if LeBron James gets us three out of four championships, that would be pretty crazy. But I'd have to see who else the Lakers bring along with him because if they, you know, give him this, like, power team of Anthony Davis and, you know, one other big star, then I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's maybe all on LeBron or if, or if it's like a collective unit versus, you know, we saw Kobe do it. Yeah, he had a talented team, but, you know, he was still by far the main guy. He did it without Shaq. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I just thank you. So I, I mean, okay, so that he, he worded the question wrong. So shut up. My, my point <laughs> is that LeBron would be the greatest player to ever wear a Lakers uniform, not the greatest Lakers. That's ever. Jay's point. He's garbage. Oh. Okay. I mean then may, you know, if he gives me three out of four, then maybe I'll consider it. But he's gotta like he's gotta deliver. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we bought him here, right? I mean Right, yeah. Like the full season, playoffs, no taking no time off, defense. Exactly. I, I mean yeah, I mean Mamba mentality. That's what we I expect mean, as Lakers fans. He's 34, though. He's not going to play defense every night anymore. He's got that, so that, many I, young kids that, that can do it for him. 
Exactly. I want to see. I want to see game winners. I don't want to hear about him saying, you know, he has the sniffle, so he's not playing tonight. <laughs> I need like my girl. I need hundred and fifty percent from him. Well, that, that's, that's because we all were raised by Kobe. That's why we all expect exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well. Guys, that pretty much wraps it up for me. We had a great guest on tonight. Hannah spent some time with us. We appreciate you guys. Hannah, thank you so much for your time this evening. Of course. This was so fun. I always love talking about anything about the Lakers, so whenever you want me to come on, just let me know. Perfect. Oh, and also a belated happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And then where can anybody find you at if they need to follow you and do all that good stuff? And I'm really not good in leading into this part okay. of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, I guess on Twitter, they can follow me. It's at Hannah underscore Kulik, K-U-L-I-K. I know it's a little bit of a tricky one. And then on Instagram, which is like probably where I'm like the most active, um, is Hannah Rose Kulik, again, K-U-L-I-K. Um, Hannah with an H, all lowercase, all that fun stuff. You'll know it's me because it'll be this girl like squatting and lifting all this weight and stuff. But yeah, that's where they can probably follow me. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. Right, well, thank you for your time tonight. We really appreciate you coming on and supporting the podcast. Of course, it was so fun. All right, guys, that wraps it us wraps it up for us this evening. We appreciate you. Everybody, go Lakers. Man, what a good interview. It's hard to make this transition, but. It's been a tough week in Lakerland. All right, 16 and counting podcast fans, it's with a heavy heart that we talk about one of the best coaches that the Lakers have had. He was the inventor of the triangle, Mr. Tex Winter. What did th- yeah. Gosh. You know, do you know this guy graduated yeah, from I was, USC? I was, you know, after, after he passed, I did a lot of like, reading up on it and it was, he's he was a local a local guy yeah i mean he gosh what he coached for five different college teams i mean he was kansas state i mean what he was there for yeah. about 15 years in the final four a couple times i mean this man was 96 years young i wish hopefully one day god bless me 96 i mean i mean yeah. can you imagine like being part of two of the greatest dynasties of all time with the Bulls. They're six championships and he comes to the Lakers and wins four more championships with Phil Jackson by his side. Like Phil Phil picked him out for a reason and that, that triangle was just unstoppable there for a good twelve year period, fifteen year period, you know, once they started running it good. Yeah, I mean the Bulls perfected it. Well, let me let me restate this. The Bulls used it. The yeah, Lakers exactly. perfected yeah. it. Or maybe you know or maybe I'm just I should give all homage to, to Tex. I mean it's yeah, I don't even I know. I mean he he, he had a quote that Kobe tweeted out, um, that he would tell the Lakers all the time. He's like, There is no substitute for hustle. But if you don't hustle, you will be substituted for. Like that, just, that, that kind of just like yeah. sums it all up right there, right? Like, either you play hard, or you don't play. Like that was like I love that kind of attitude from a coach. Yeah, I mean, what even when he was being inducted in the Hall of Fame, I think his son Stephen was up there giving a speech, uh, and uh, Texas just had a stroke. He even then could barely speak and still was like, 
his son was going through it, you know, not the best, you know, public speaker. Even Tex was still standing up, like, motioning to him, like, all right, wrap it up, dude. You know, like, that's the yeah, exactly. guy he was. Even through, you know, a stroke, he was still like, all right, dude, get her done. You're you're done. Cut it off. Yeah. yeah he, he was definitely a no-nonsense, take-no-BS kind of guy. You know, Phil, Phil told a story one time about how when they were playing – the 76ers in the finals um, in that, that first game where Iverson just went off, right? Like, uh, yeah. Phil, he, he told Phil, he's like, yo, you need to get out of your chair. You're getting out coached by Larry Brown. So Phil, like, like took a little bit of offense to it. Like, what? do you know who I am? I've won 10 championships already. What are you talking about? I'm getting out coached. <laughs> you know, and like, he, he, he gave that little need, that little needle pride and still got up and, from after that game one, it was a five game sweep, you know, like <laughs> like he, he just knew the right buttons to, to push with whoever he coached. Yeah, he's Zen mastered the he's Zen the Zen master. And it was just gonna Texas fast forwarding, re, you know, back and forth the whole time, each game, not just your touches. We're going to watch the whole game. Kobe said it helped him tremendously because it like helped to help to slow down the game where he could see things happen before they were actually going to happen. They helped him to master his game, which he gives all of, all of his success, all his credit to Tex. As he should. I mean, that's really the only. That's what these young players should take a page out of Kobe and Texas book. I mean, that's really the only way to see the game, not just not just be selfish and watch you, but watch how the game flows, so you can see what you're missing. Pick up those small little small little things and attack them, and just make your craft strong. Exactly. So, I mean, it gives the Lakers something to play for this season. TW on their jersey somewhere, I would imagine. As they should, yeah. and you know, you know, it, it'll it'll be good to it it it's just interesting to hear all the different stories that come out once someone passes away than when they were alive. You know, like all these uh, all these brand new things that I never knew. I found out once he passed away. Yeah, you and me both, and I mean, even as we go into this memorial vortex in our uh, podcast, we were talking earlier about port the Portland game coming up. Now they're going to have their motivation due to their loss of their own. Yeah. You know, we have our own motivation this season. I mean, it's I'm I'm proud to say that we actually had this man as a part of our uh, dynasty, and uh, I'm proud to say that Tex Winter is a Laker. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, who who wouldn't be? You know, and it's just it's a uh, it's sad that he's no longer with us, but you know. It was good that while he was here, that's for sure. Exactly. God bless his family. All right, guys, we're going to leave you with a little Tex Winter Memorial interview segment that we found online. You can always leave us an email, 16andcountingpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, 16 underscore and counting. Follow us on Instagram, 
16 and counting pod as always subscribe like share the more you get the word out the bigger this thing gets and we can get more people on the lakers bandwagon all right guys enjoy during his sixth decade coaching career Fred Tex Winter became known as one of the game's greatest innovators. After more than 30 years as a successful coach in college, he would turn to the professional ranks, where in 1985 he became an assistant with the Chicago Bulls. Winter eventually worked under head coach Phil Jackson, and they started a long and successful basketball partnership. Tex Winter was a stalwart companion of mine as a coach for you know, 15 years at least 20, so yeah, that was a uh, real good teamwork that we had together. Their relationship was special. Phil really understood Tex, and Tex really understood Phil, and the two of them together mixed made a nice match. He was pretty much the, the one that really spearheaded our offense. That offense was Winner's brainchild, one he had been teaching and perfecting for decades. It was called the Triple Post. However, Later, it will become better known by its signature shape. Basketball is a game of geometry. We preach that a great deal of the time. So here you have a triangle on the sideline. Here's a triangle between these three men. Here's a triangle between these three men. So that's why we call it the triangle offense. It was a ball movement, player movement offense. And a lot of us had not been exposed to that at all. So it was different, and it took a lot of time for us to kind of grasp it. He did not let any aspect of the offense go without being drilled upon. After helping the Bulls to six NBA championships, he would follow Coach Jackson West, where Tex would be an integral part of four more titles with the Los Angeles Lakers. I call him Yoda. I mean, I was, I was extremely fortunate to have him. He basically raised me. When we first got here, I mean, it was he and I in the room talking basketball, watching film hours and hours and hours. He as well as feeling responsible for my evolution as a basketball player and seeing the game differently. A lot of what I do here with the Warriors uh, is patterned after things I learned from Tex. He was a unique individual and had touched thousands of lives, and Tex was a special person to me and everybody who 